This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hour number two here on a wonderful football Wednesday. Nick, Ken, and you on the BetQL Network. Uh, simulcast for the next couple hours by our friends at Stadium. We appreciate everyone checking us out right now on Stadium. We got a badass two hours and a badass three hours the whole rest of the show coming your way. 20 minutes from now, Odyssey Sports NFL insider Brian Baldinger will stop by. 40 minutes from now, our good friend Brian Scalabrini joins us live from New York City to give us his take on the Celtics and Knicks tonight and the rest of the NBA season. All of Scal's bets for tonight coming up in 40 minutes. Will Brinson from CBS Sports as we move along. Eric Eager from Sumer Sports as we move along. Matt Moore from the Action Network joins us to start the Power Hour tonight. All of his bets for tonight in the NBA. And then Ken and I will give you all our bets for tonight in the NBA. Ton of games coming up in the association. Unfortunately, only one game in the NHL following last night's hashtag frozen frenzy. We'll give you our bet for the Capitals and the Devils. We are very much looking forward to it. But joining us right now to kick off hour number two of the show today and our first hour on stadium is our good friend, pro sports better, Rob Pozzola. Rob is on Twitter at Rob Pozzola. Uh, you got to check out his sports betting content company, The Hammer, and Rob's sports betting podcast is Circles Off. Now, before I give Rob his introduction and ask him how he's doing, just like the news that we mentioned to end last hour with Brock Purdy being put in concussion protocol by the Niners, um, per David Lombardi of The Athletic, Purdy started feeling the symptoms on the plane ride home from Minnesota following Monday night's loss to the Vikings. Not going to practice today, and Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport of others, basically making it like Sam Darnold is almost definitely going to start on Sunday when the Niners host the Bengals. Rob, thanks for joining us, my friend. How's it going? Week, but I'm recovering. Last week was a great betting week, so always nice. And listen, Nick, you always say good things about me whenever you have me on. I will say, I listened to the show yesterday, listening to you guys break down every NHL game on the board. It was really good, <laughs> honestly. It for. I, I know it's not your bread and butter typically, yeah. but it was a, a really good listen. So uh, I will pump your tires this week and say that was a fantastic job by you guys. Thanks, guys. Robin, uh, in, appreciate that. In 15 seconds, am I nuts that I think the Flyers are good? I I don't want to say nuts, but I, I think it's it's a reach. I don't think the Flyers are good. <laughs> it's okay. It could be a reach. That's you know because they don't have any players, so that would be like a really good place to start for. That's the problem, right? Yeah. Ultimately, that's the problem. At the end of the day, uh, Carter Hart will have to keep him in a lot of games. I think as the year goes on, but um, I, I I have an under Flyers win total from the beginning of the year. That's not looking oh. great. I I played totals on twenty two of the teams in the NHL. That was one <laughs> of the unders. Yeah, yeah. They were just like twenty two. Bad you played the all say that, too. That's great. That yeah. that was that was Rob's version of Frozen Frenzy. He was betting all that before right. uh, before the <laughs> yeah. season click, started. Click 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 click. And <laughs> and speaking of clicks right now, there are a lot of clicks uh, taking place. Uh, I think at sports books across the country, including ours, uh, BetMGM, and the clicks are going to be on the Cincinnati Bengals because Rob, as we said, Brock Purdy concussion protocol, like extremely unlikely to play on Sunday. I think we can safely assume it'll be slinging Sammy Darnold starting for the Niners against the Cincinnati Bengals. This was five and a half, like b- prior to this news with Purdy. And now it looks like it's going to hit three. So we're, we're at three and a half right now at BetMGM. Juice big time towards the Bengals. Uh, 
obviously this is like this news happened a couple minutes ago so this is Rob's like first reaction to it what do you think my man now with Sam Darnold likely to start what do you think of this game like what do you think the point spread should be with Darnold starting in place of Purdy is there a bet that you now want to place if we're going to see three or maybe less with the Niners hosting Cincy coming off its bye my first reaction to this was disappointment. I, I wanted the Bengals this week, and I was holding out for a six against Purdy. Everything prior to the bye week for the Bengals, I'm almost willing to dismiss it in a way because you had obviously obviously the Burrow uncertainty. I, like I'm closer to believing the Bengals coming out of the bye week are closer to their preseason expectation than they are to what we saw through the first six, seven weeks of the season, right? So that was my first reaction. It would be lazy analysis. I like. I don't like when people are like, I think this player is worth X amount of points to the spread uh, because I think matchups matter in the NFL. And in particular, I don't off the top of my head know where Sam Darnold excels or doesn't excel. Subjectively, I feel like this game should close San Francisco minus three, and that's probably a fair number. And I think there will be appetite on either side of three to bet one of the sides like I, I see conflicting viewpoints in the market based off of how you could possibly rate Darnold personally I don't like Sam Darnold I never have I never have thought he was good I don't think he's just going to come into a Shanahan system and like Shanahan's just going to transform him all of a sudden I just don't think highly of him so personally I don't see myself betting the 49ers this week under any circumstance unless like this moves like crazy but it does ruin what I think was a very good spot to get Joe Burrow getting a lot of points for what he is, like the caliber of quarterback that he is. Rob, I, uh, we'll do the other games in a second, but one note, just because you were you you said a couple things there that are interesting about Cincinnati, like uh, A, that you were interested in betting them in this game, uh, looking for a six to bet them, and then B, that you were kind of tossing out like their previous games, they go into their bye. Burrow was playing with an injury for the first few weeks. Like, and to be fair, Cincinnati's been like a lights out second half team a couple of years with Burrow as the quarterback. So it's not like we haven't seen this before. Now, especially with this injury and the likelihood of them winning this game going up, like they're becoming a smaller underdog. Have you thought about like if you're tossing all the Cincinnati games, I have to believe like, do you want to bet Cincinnati to win the Super Bowl or make the playoffs or Burrow to an MVP or the Bengals to win their division where Baltimore is out to a lead in that right now? But Cleveland has been very good. Like, are there there have to be other Bengals things here if you're like a toss out the first part of the season? 100% there is. And uh, I actually bet this yesterday. I bet me two bets yesterday. I can't tell you the specific numbers. I don't want to reference like stuff that I'm just because they were edges, I don't remember these specific numbers. I did bet Bengals to make the playoffs yesterday at plus money, and I did bet the Browns to miss the playoffs yesterday at plus money as well. If this is going to be P.J. Walker's team going forwards and then mix in some DTR, which seems extremely likely to me, this defense can only carry the Browns so much. And I do like the upside with the Bengals. Like The Bengals, to me, were a little bit overrated entering the year. But ultimately, I think the offense is going to find its level at some point or another, and they're going to be very consistent going forward. So those were two bets I did make yesterday. I don't know the prices off the top of my head right now, but um, this is like within a day that I made those bets, Ken. All right, so that's what we've got right now with the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, this this game taking on added interest now with Brock Purdy in concussion protocol. That is breaking news. Purdy unlikely to start. We can assume it'll be Sam Darnold starting for the Niners at home against the Bengals on Sunday. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Wonderful football Wednesday, getting bets for Week 8 in the National Football League with our friend pro sports better Rob Bazola. Rob on Twitter at 
Rob Pozzola. So, my friend, since we started with a bunch on the breaking news, don't have a ton of time to get through all these bets, so let's do like a full lightning round here. Like Maybe like 20 to 30 seconds on each of these games. I know our listeners and viewers love to get your thoughts. Let's start with the, uh, the rookie quarterback bowl. In Carolina, Panthers coming off their bye. New play caller for Bryce Young, hosting C.J. Stroud on the Houston Texans. Texans, a three-point road favorite in the market, and the total is 43. Well, what do you have for us here, Texans and Panthers in Carolina? So personally, I think even if Carolina is still the team that we saw previous to the bye week, I can't get to three in this game. I like the Panthers regardless, but I think that there's a lot of upside with the possibility of just having more motion pre-snap, which which Frank Reich didn't do at all. Like having some decent play calling, I think elevates this offense a whole lot. You look at Carolina, they're predominantly a cover three defense. You look at CJ Stroud this year, his splits are pretty much great against every defense with the exception of cover three. That's where he struggled a little bit more. The last thing I want to say about this game as well is like, NFL's a market, right? Like what are the chances that Carolina's at the absolute bottom right now. They're very high. I mean, they've played Miami, Detroit, Minnesota, Seattle the last four weeks prior to the bye week. Of course, we all think they're terrible and they're being valued as the worst team in the league because they went through a gauntlet. Houston has to win by four to win by like a bit of margin to cover a spread. No, Uh, I like the Panthers plus three. I'd play them on the money line as well at plus 135. This uh, this reminds me of why I thought the San Jose Sharks would be competitive last night because they played a really tough schedule and that was a, <laughs> that was a tough third period. <laughs> That's a really tough. Third. They are the worst team in sports. They're just like the absolute. It doesn't matter. Whatever it doesn't matter. Uh, Rob, we, we do a couple other games with your lightning round here. I, I'm probably going to bet against your team, the Cowboys, especially if we get a seven, but maybe even at six and a half against the Rams. Uh, what do you like here? Cowboys, Rams, Cowboys, almost a touchdown. Yeah, that makes two of us that are going to bet against my team. I, I like the Rams in this game. Um, particularly it's what Dak Prescott, uh, excels at versus what he doesn't excel at. He's done a lot of damage against teams that blitz him. He has killed man coverage this year. And for the majority of his career, very good against man and a lot of cover one, but he struggles against zone and the Rams play man at a very low rate. They play a ton of zone and the Rams blitz at the third lowest rate in the entire league. So this turns into a game where I just don't think the Cowboys are going to have as much success through the air as some people might think. Also, when you consider what the coaching staff wants to do, it's more predicated on running the ball. You know, I I don't know that there's a lot of scenarios where Dallas is just going to blow the the cover off or the doors off here with uh, this game against the Rams. So uh, I personally made this game closer to four and a half. Uh, It's one of my bigger edges this week. Uh, I like the Rams in this spot. Rob, pick the winner in Lambeau Field, Packers and the Vikings, or maybe you like the total. It's 43. Well, I'm going to bet Green Bay in all likelihood in this game. Again, I'm a big believer in styles make fights. I don't think the time to bet Green Bay is now because of all the positive, like the negative injury news that is surrounding this team. Like the likelihood that the market is going to move in the direction of Minnesota is high, in my opinion. So why am I going to bet on Green Bay at this and point? Can I, but, can, I, can I jump in, Rob, just to support what yep. you're saying? Because this news literally just came in. The Packers officially placing safety Darnell Savage and cornerback Eric Stokes on IR, to your point. And we'll see about Christian Watson if he's going to play in the game. So just to support what you're saying about the injuries, that literally came in, Rob, while you were giving the answer. So please continue. So when I say styles make fights, Kirk Cousins went on the road to Green Bay last year. He stunk in that game. It was early January. It might have been New Year's Day. He was terrible. There's The Green Bay defense, 
they are one of three teams in the league that plays more than 50% of their snaps in cover three. And that's been the kryptonite for Kirk Cousins this year. Previously, he stinks against cover three. It's by far the worst of any particular coverage. So are we going to see the same Vikings offense we saw against San Francisco? I honestly don't think so. On the other side of things, like I don't like Jordan Love. I don't think he's very good. But there are certain scenarios where I think that there's opportunity for success. For one, Jordan Love's been blitzed 54 times this year. He has the third best EPA in the league against the blitz. Against cover two, that's the only defense where Jordan Love has a positive EPA per play. What do the Vikings do? They blitz a lot. They play cover two. I just think stylistically, the Packers are way more live here than people are giving them credit for. Don't bet it now. Wait. The injury report is a disaster, but I'll almost like almost... Uh, certainly end up on the Green Bay Packers this week. Rob, in like 30 to 45 seconds, do you think the Patriots will keep it close? Maybe win again upset like they did last week against Buffalo. This time, nine and a half point underdog at Miami. I honestly don't think so. I think there's a very good live betting angle in this game, and that's if Miami gets up big early to live bet the over in this game. Because what New England is really trying to do is minimize possessions right now. They're playing very, very slow and just trying to keep the opposing offenses off the field. They need to blitz to generate pressure right now. That's a recipe for disaster against Miami. So I'll be monitoring the live betting market in this game. I have a very slight lean to the over as it stands right now, but just very concerned about the Patriots' place of, pace of play. So I want to wait this out and see if Miami gets up big because then New England has to open up their offense. All right, Rob, let's give us give us like 30 seconds on uh, on the net, the last two games here. Browns and Seahawks in Seattle. Seattle's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Total, though, is 38-and-a-half. We know P.J. Walker will start in place of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, his total's being bet down, and it's honestly, in my opinion, still not low enough. Uh, Cleveland plays man defense. Number one man defense team in the league by a mile. Geno Smith sucks against man. Like, terrible numbers. Historically terrible numbers against man. He cannot beat man defenses. Other side of the ball... P.J. Walker, dead last in EPA per play against zone. Seattle plays the highest zone rate in the entire league. Horrible matchups for the quarterbacks. I don't think that this total is low enough under. All right, let's go to Monday Night Football and close things out, Rob, with the Lions and the Raiders in Detroit. Lions are about an eight-point home favorite. The total is 45-and-a-half, and we await, like, the Raiders' first injury report of the week, but we think Jimmy Garoppolo will be back playing quarterback for Josh McDaniels in Vegas. Raiders and Lions, Rob, please, to close things out. Yeah, so this total's being bet up. I'm actually going to fade that, and I, I like the under in this game. Detroit's going to move the ball, but they're going to do it slowly because that's what the Raiders do. The Raiders are horrible defense in terms of efficiency, but they make you march your way down the field methodically and that they hope that they can hold up in the red zone. And because of that, I think the Lions are going to have a lot of sustained drives where they run the ball, pick up four or five yards at a time, move their way down the field, and score – the Raiders offense just doesn't score against anyone, no matter who the quarterback is. Like their peak this year has been 19 offensive points in a game. I think this is a little bit too high because people look at the efficiency numbers of the Raiders defense. They get all excited, but I actually like the under in this game. Rob, you uh, you betting the Capitals plus 200 tonight? I am not. No, no plays on the ice for me tonight. And by the way, Ken... I have a Sharks season win total, uh, points total over ticket as well. Oh, so no. I can was, basically oh, rip that over? one. Over 10? Over 20? Is that, I mean, a, it, it is that the worst bet you've ever placed? Is that no, the worst no, bet you've ever way. placed? I, I, I should actually I think about I that I don't further. I think there is. 
<laughs> I have worse. I have worse than that. Trust me, worse. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I bet the Lions on Sunday. <laughs> That's probably yeah. worse. Uh, Rob is on Twitter at Rob Pizzola. Check out his sports betting content company. A lot of the people that provide content for him come on our show at the Hammer HQ, and his podcast is Circles Off. Rob, good luck with the bets. We will talk to you next week. Brian Baldinger joins us next here. You better you bet with Nick and Ken. Purdy down the middle and intercepted by Bynum. Purdy threw it right to him. 34 ticks left, trailing by five, needing to get into the end zone. Purdy steps through, floats in his pick, and that's it. Bynum gets another. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. The voice of Joe Buck this past Monday on Monday Night Football. Brock Purdy throwing a couple interceptions. The Niners lose their second consecutive game. And I think the thought was, you know, is Brock Purdy going to bounce back on Sunday against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals? Likely not going to have the opportunity to. Now, he hasn't been officially ruled out yet, but placed in the Lee's concussion protocol on a Wednesday. Like, if you've been following the concussion protocol this year, we've talked a lot about it. It is exceptionally unlikely that Purdy will start on Sunday. I think we can, like, begin to handicap this game as if Sam Darnold will be the 49ers starting quarterback. We will ask Brian Baltinger about Sam Darnold starting for the Niners against the Bengals coming up in just a second. But Brian Scalabrini joins us in 20 minutes talking NBA. Will Brinson, Eric Eager, and Matt Moore still to come? All our best for tonight coming up in the final hour, the power hour of the show. But joining us right now is Odyssey Sports NFL insider, the great Brian Baldinger. Baldy is the host of the Odyssey original podcast, The Best Football Show. That's actually the name of it. It's a great name. I think it's awesome. Daily breakdowns of the most important storylines across the league. So if you follow Baldy on Twitter, which you should, at BaldyNFL, does his hashtag Baldy's breakdowns, which get like shout outs from players, which is how you know like this is something that's really awesome that NFL players love when Baldy does the breakdowns of them. This is like Baldy's breakdowns in audio form. You got to check it out. The best football show wherever you find your podcasts. Baldy, welcome back to You Better You Bet with Nick and Ken. Happy week eight. Well, thanks for that introduction, Nick and Ken. Good to be with you guys, man. How you doing? We're we're good, Baldy. I'm I'm sure you, it probably crossed your phone or or you got a heads up from somebody about Sam Darnold starting in place of Brock Purdy that that's that's likely to happen now with Purdy and concussion protocol. So this can just be your first reaction. Like I, Nick and I haven't even had a lot of time to to process this and think about like what we want to bet in the game or like side and total what we like. But I can tell you that the Niners are now just a field goal favorite with Sam Darnold starting a quarterback like. What, what do you think the drop-off is there? What have you seen from Darnold historically? Any insight you could provide on, on what you think this game is going to be like now, Niners and Bengals on Sunday, we'd love to hear it. Well, I mean, look, they, they liked Sam enough to trade Trey Lance, you know, who they made a bunch of trades and gave up a bunch of assets to get, and they gave up on him for what Sam has provided. We don't know what Sam's going to do yet. But I know this, Ken, like this 49ers offense was averaging – 33 points a game in the first five weeks. They're down to 17 points a game. So whether, you know, Sam or Brock is in there, I mean, they got to fix what's broken right now. And that is they're not getting the deep shots and the big plays in the offense right now against Cleveland and Monday night against Minnesota. And so, and then all of a sudden turnovers have creeped in to the quarterback play. So they've had chances in both games, uh, Cleveland and Minnesota to win the game at the end. They, the, the quarterback, couldn't do it or the kicker couldn't do it so that's not what good teams typically do but sam you know sam is a good processor he's far more athletic than people probably realize he can move he can get out of harm's way uh he has been prone to make mistakes whether it was at usc whether it's the jets 
Carolina. He makes mistakes. Puts the ball on the ground, gets the ball out of his hands. I'm sure that Lou Anaromo, the defense coordinator of Cincinnati, has pulled every single turnover Sam has had from the Rose Bowl game at USC uh, up until last year in Carolina to show some of the errors that he makes in the pocket, out of the pocket. And some of them unforced errors. So that's really what I think Cincinnati is, is going to prey upon, that they can create those turnovers. And if they do, I think San Francisco is going to have a hard time. Because I think Joe Burrow is all the way back. And Jamar Chase is open every play, as he said he was. And so I think the 49ers are up against it. Like, I think Cincinnati can go in there and win this game on, on this, this weekend. Uh, so just, I just want to like, because I think this is all really new right now. And Baldy, I think everyone loves your analysis and respects your analysis, obviously. So like, you think the Bengals are going to win the game with Sam Darnold starting on Sunday? I, I don't know if it even makes a difference. Like, I think Cincinnati is, uh, all systems go here. Like, this defense is is very, very good. Um, they're proven that they can win in January. They're well coached, and the whole question was: Could the quarterback move anymore, or is he just going to be a a wooden, you know, uh, silo back there and not be able to? But his movement's good. Um, San Francisco's still a good football team, but we've all watched them score 17 points two weeks in a row, Nick. Like I'm not sure that, regardless who's that quarterback, if they can fix what's not working right now. Baldy, let's talk about another like quarterback injury game, and that'll be the game that you'll be on the national radio call for this week, the Browns and the Seahawks in Seattle, where Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski makes it official earlier today. And like we don't have to get into like the like the, what the whatever the hell's going on with Deshaun Watson. Um, we know that he's not playing this week. PJ Walker will be the Browns quarterback. We're noting like two and zero oh they are like with PJ Walker. He didn't start the game last week, but he came in and they did beat the Indianapolis Colts. Whatever help they got from the refs at the end, they did still win the game and they are four and two. So it's PJ Walker and the Browns visiting Geno Smith and the Seahawks. Um, Baldy, now with this news in tow that it'll be PJ Walker, Seattle is more than a three point favorite in the market. Seattle minus three and a half. So, like, PJ Walker and the Browns with that defense can lose this game by three and still win the bet. What do you think we see in the game that you'll be on the call for this Sunday, the Seahawks and the Browns? Well, I mean, look, if Miles Garrett plays like Superman, like he did last week, gives the Browns a chance. Um, I don't know if he's going to block a field goal or force two fumbles and force a fumble that ends up, you know, for a touchdown. I mean, he he basically won the game for Cleveland. Um, But the Browns' defense got pierced badly by the Colts' running game. Zach Moss, Jonathan Taylor, and that's exactly what Seattle wants to do. And so I, I think Cleveland's defense will travel. I think they're still very, very good. But Seattle is just an amazing team. They play they play. Jake Bobo and Jackson Smith and Jigba, they both caught touchdown passes last week. They've got two rookie linemen in there playing. You couldn't tell the difference um, with the way that Bradford and Oluwatimi played inside for them. They're just an amazing team, uh, how they overcome these things. Like, I think Seattle, I think Seattle can win this game. Like, I, I look, nothing against P.J. and he's 2-0, and but if Cleveland's defense can't create the takeaways like they did last week, and, you know, block the kicks and the stuff they did. Like, I think Seattle's a better overall team right now. 
Baldy, one of the, the really stunning upsets last weekend, and Nick and I teased the Bills. We just needed them to beat the Patriots. Like, they beat the Patriots. We we win our bet because the other games came through. Of course, the Patriots win the game outright. Like, a, a really stunning upset uh, for the Bills. Uh, just, like, another loss, which I, I don't think anybody was really expecting. And now the Bills will try to kind of turn things around on a short week, and they'll play tomorrow night against, we think, Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mayfield technically listed questionable, like, Right now, there's no kind of like smoke that he's going to miss the game. We'll just need more reporting about it. So we can assume it's Mayfield for now. Really just want to ask you about the Bills, though. Like what happened against the Patriots? They're favored by eight and a half against Tampa. Do you think they can beat Tampa Bay by margin? Well, I mean, one thing the Patriots did against the Bills is they ran the ball really effectively. The best they've run it all year. Um, You know, both Ramondre and Ezekiel had good games. And they won the line of scrimmage. Now, Tampa doesn't have any ability to do that. This is the worst rushing football team I've seen. This is two years in a row now. Like, they can't gain three yards when they run the ball. And so, you know, it just makes it tough on Baker to try to get him out of every third down, to, you know, make these deep shot throws to Evans and, you know, uh, Godwin, who doesn't have a touchdown catch after seven weeks. He still doesn't have a touchdown catch. So, I just feel like Tampa, like, they're just not equipped to beat Buffalo. And I know Buffalo struggled last week. They just, you know, they, they, they couldn't convert. They couldn't score down in the red zone. They, they just had a hard time sustaining offense. Nothing is on rhythm. Um, they run the ball okay, but they, nothing in the passing game is on rhythm. Everything is off schedule. And that looks good at times, and it's good for the highlights sometimes. But it's not a way to, to sustain offense. So they're struggling on that side of the ball. They're up and down. They haven't come close to scoring like they did maybe the first three weeks of the season. So I, I, I feel like Tampa doesn't have what it takes to beat their defense right now. They just don't have the running game you need, like the Patriots did last week, to control the line of scrimmage and control the game. And, you know, Mac Jones, because of that, played really efficient football against them. And that's not really how Tampa plays. Yeah. Oh, Nick's muted, Baldy. Sorry, Nick was asking a question, but he's muted right now. Let me ask you about the Patriots, Baldy, like the others, the flip side of that coin. So Bills are a big favorite on Thursday night. You talked about how maybe Tampa can't provide a lot of resistance, or sorry, can't run the ball and kind of can't do some of the things that the Patriots were able to do. You said something there. You thought the Patriots ran the ball better than they run it in any game this year. I'm sure you're right. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Like you can run the ball on Miami. The Chargers ran the ball for like 250 yards on the Dolphins. Do you think the Patriots can play another really competitive game against this time against Miami instead of Buffalo, the Patriots, Baldy, are nine and a half point underdogs. So like really, really big underdogs in the game. Do you think they can keep this game close? Like how they kept last week close? Well, I mean, they lost 24-17 the first time they played. And Christian Gonzalez had an interception. That was a big play in the game, kept them in the game. Um, you know, they, they stayed in it. They just, you know, they, they really prevented Miami from getting any explosive plays. I think they got one play down the field to Waddle. The whole day, they played their safeties back. They they kept it in front of them. Um, you know, last week they they spied Josh Allen with uh, Jawan Bentley. It was a great game plan. Josh Allen didn't beat him in the run game. He uh, he was flushed from the pocket a number of times. Didn't make good throws on the run. Like that's not really what you do to Miami. You don't play that style. So they'll come up with a different plan. But I thought, look, if you hold Miami to twenty four points, you know you got a chance to win the game, like I, or at least cover. And I think New England has shown this year that outside of the game against the Saints where they were just awful, um, they've shown for the most part this year that they can keep the score down. They get against the Eagles, 
who's a good offensive team. Like, they know how to prevent the big plays from happening. And Miami feasts off those. When they're going good, they blow teams out. They have a high point total. But when they don't get those big plays, and that's what New England's challenge is, like, they struggle like a lot of other teams. Couple more minutes here with Odyssey Sports NFL Insider Brian Baldinger with Nick and Ken here. You better you bet on a wonderful football Wednesday. Baldy Titans and the Falcons in Tennessee. Atlanta's a three point road favorite. Will Levis likely to start for the Titans? What do you think we see from Will Levis, the Titans' likely starting quarterback? And like, is there a difference between him and Desmond Ritter in this game? Yeah. Uh, Ritter's been hot and cold. He was good last week. He was horrible the week before. Um, although he fumbled a couple times last week. I think I like Atlanta's defense, to be honest with you. I like the way they're playing. Um, they're really good at every level right now. And so I think, you know, I don't know what Tennessee is doing. I don't know how you ever let Kevin Byer get out of your building. The guy's a great player, a great teammate, a great person. I don't know how you let him go for what they did to Philadelphia. But it's got to be a bad message, you know, right now. And so I don't know what to expect from Will Evans. He's got a big, strong arm. You know, um, you know, I'm sure he's going to show it off like he did at the combine. He's got a cannon. He wants to show it off. Great. But, you know, those are little, usually low percentage throws down the field like that. So let's just see if he can run the offense, if they can get the running game going. Um, I like Atlanta in this game. Uh, you know, last week, B. John Robinson had, you know, I don't know if he was sick or what his situation was, but they look good offensively, even without B. John. He should be better and more ready to go this week. But Tyler Algier, um, you know, they were – Cordero Patterson, they were really good running the football. And I think their offense line is, is really sound. I, I like Atlanta. I like Atlanta to win the division uh, all year long, and they got a chance to take another step towards that this week. I like them in Tennessee. Well, do we have time for one more game probably? I want to ask you about Panthers-Texans and just what you've seen on tape so far from both C.J. Stratt and Bryce Young, number one, number two pick in the draft. They'll obviously face each other in this game. The game's in Carolina. Stroud and Houston, a three-point road favorite. So betting market like really thinks they're much better than Carolina right now. Carolina obviously switching play callers. Frank Reich no longer calling the plays. Thomas Brown will call the plays. Do you think that's a big deal? And in about a minute here, who do you, who do you think is going to win between Stroud and Bryce Young? Well, I think – C.J. Stroud has been, outside of the first game of the season, he's been excellent. I mean, Nico Collins is their number one receiver. Nobody thought he'd be a number one. But with C.J. Stroud throwing it to him, he's a legit number one receiver. And then if you just add, you know, all the other pieces around Robert Woods and Tank Dell and the guys they have, I like I like Houston. I love C.J. Stroud. But I also love the way Houston's defense is playing. Like, they just have pieces that people don't aren't paying attention to. But, you know, and it's not just Will Anderson or Jalen Petrie. Like, they've got good pieces right now that they can rush the passer. They're good against the run. But Houston looks like they're just further along in the development, not just of the quarterback, but of the whole team right now. They, they look like they're just more advanced than what Carolina has shown so far. Baldy, awesome stuff, man. We love having you on the show. We sincerely appreciate you making the time. Uh, safe travels. Coming up this weekend to the Pacific Northwest for the call of the game. And make sure you check out the best football show. That's the name of it. And it's a great name because Baldy's on it. So it's going to be the best. The best football show with our guy Baldy on the Odyssey app. Subscribe wherever you find your podcast. My friend, we appreciate the time. Enjoy the games. Have a great call. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Ken. Talk to you next week. See you guys. Our friend, our friend Brian Balding, are here with us on You Better You Bet. Uh, great to have you on, Baldy. Also, I disagree with you on almost everything you said. No. Great to have you. Wait, and that. 
just who's going to win. I don't think he disagree on like why he thinks the teams are going to win. Yes. Just like yes. the the sort of the conclusion, right? And it's uh, we asked him about Purdy to start with, just to give an update on that market real quick with the Bengals Niners, just because like happening in real time during the show. You always wonder when there's a piece of quarterback injury news, is there going to be resistance? The market drops, drops, drops. Like when are people going to step in and play the opposite side? Uh, the answer to that was three. So every time that this hit Niners minus three, it got bet. There are no more threes. We're just three and a half everywhere. So you want your resistance point? There it was. That's the Niners and the Bengals. Ken and I will talk about that more coming up next hour on the show. But Brian Scalabrini joins us next, talking NBA tonight. Peyton guarding Booker tightly. Double team. Back off now with Looney. Booker, the roll by Nurkic and the finish with 10 seconds to go. Beautifully executed. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. What a game last night from Devin Booker. What a game last night from Ian Eagle. That, that's how you know the NBA is back. Here's Ian calling the end of the We got an oh yeah. Game. Oh, it, yeah. So Curry, Curry hit a three to make it a one possession game. So we, I don't think we'd had an oh yeah yet. And then, like right, right at the right at the very end, there's like ten seconds left. Curry, it's a three. What position game? Like Curry from the corner. Oh yeah! And then like goes, I'm so out, good. Phoenix. You know, whatever. So it's, we uh, did get it. Took a long time, but we got it. It is awesome to have awesome to have the NBA back in our lives. The Nuggets handled the Lakers last night, and the Suns sweep by the Warriors in the Bay Area. Our friend. Brian Scalabrini will join us in just a second, but just to remind our live audience right now, especially those watching on Stadium, and we appreciate you, Will Brinson and Eric Eager coming up next hour on the show talking NFL, and one hour from now, Ken and I will give you, and we've done it with our guests already, but we will give you like a thorough breakdown of like the Brock Purdy situation in concussion protocol, Sam Darnold likely to start for the Niners. We've done it already a little bit, but we will give you a full segment talking about it coming up one hour from now with Brock Purdy out, Sam Darnold in for the Niners as they host Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. But joining us right now to talk NBA, one of our all-time favorites here on You Better You Bet, one of our former teammates here at Odyssey, NBA champion, the great Brian Scalabrini, doing awesome work for our friends at NBC Sports Boston, and you can listen to him on Sirius XM NBA Radio. How about our, our Sirius XM teammate now, Scal, if you heard the news, we're on Sirius XM now also. It's great to be back teammates with you, my friend, on Twitter at Scalabrini. Scal in New York right now for the Celtics and their game at my New York Knicks tonight. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Great to have you. Happy NBA season. You know what? If you guys are on serious, I might be able to get a little paid appearance for this. You guys shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> now, now I'm going to ask for a little something, something on the side. Right. <laughs> as long as it's not like, from me, you what? can ask, ask for whatever you want. Right. I, yeah. hope you, I hope you make yeah, as much like money it's... as possible as long as it doesn't come from me. It's not my wallet. Uh, feel free to ask for whatever you want. Uh, Scott, we had we had two games last night, and obviously the first game was Denver starting their uh, their quest for a repeat. Won the title last year. They win and cover against the Lakers. Uh, Jokic has a triple-double, plays really well in the game. The betting market for this year still does not have, despite the fact Denver won last year, does not consider Denver the most likely team to win the NBA title. Both Boston and Milwaukee have shorter odds to win the NBA title. It, even if it's just what you saw last night, what you think about Denver, do you agree with that, or, or you think the Nuggets are the most likely team to win? No, I don't agree with that. I don't um, – like, yeah, Denver has to prove it to me. I mean, I know they did it last year, and I'm a big Jokic fan, and I, I told everybody Jokic is going to destroy people in the playoffs and all that stuff, but I think the league is better. I think Milwaukee's better. I think Boston's better. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, like, curious about the Warriors and what they end up – I know a lot of people were down on the way that they played, checking up all those threes, but 
I'm I'm uh, I'm probably higher on the Warriors than people think, uh, which is odd. You know, I was doing some re- research today. I was like really down on Michael Porter Jr. watching him play. So I'm like, how is this guy still like you know taking bad shots? Or you know, if you ever watch a player that hasn't touched the ball in you know five or six possessions, they just jack up a shot because they haven't touched it in a while. But doing all my research, the best duo in the NBA last year. Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., net rating of 15.1. That's insane. So I might be seeing it wrong, but I don't think that they've improved enough to repeat. But, you know, it's a long season. I will say this. You said Nikola Jokic played well. He had a 29, 13, and 11 triple-double. I thought he was very average yesterday. So it is a little scary what he could do if he really starts to get, like, you know, stop missing those layups, those point-blank layups. But I thought he was uh, thought he was just average, and he dominated that, especially Anthony Davis in the second half. And that is a major compliment from Scal to the great Nikola Jokic. Uh, Scal, who is more likely to represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals, your Boston Celtics or the Milwaukee Bucks? I mean, as of right now, you got to think the Celtics. They just have way more depth than the uh, than the Bucks. I, I know the Bucks have a, probably a little stronger of a front line, but Porzingis has been really good. Um, you know, Tatum and Brown are looking like they're poised to take that next step as leaders, as the faces of franchises and all that stuff. So I, I do think the Celtics are a better basketball team right now. I think when you look at the NBA, you want to have three-point shooting. You want to have versatile defenders. The Celtics check all those boxes. They just do. And I think with the Bucks, they have probably like the best two-man game of anybody in the NBA. You watch that high pick and roll with Damian Lillard and Giannis. That's a tough high pick and roll. However you want to unfold it, you can pick your poison. You want to go under because of Giannis, Lillard can hit you for 35. You want to go over, you want to blitz him, you got Giannis full head of steam at you. So that play in particular with the guys around him is, is a dangerous play. I think it all pivots on Middleton. How good is he going to be? What does healthy Middleton look like nowadays? We know what healthy Middleton looked like when they won the championship. But what does healthy Middleton look like now? If that healthy Middleton is 90% of what he was, they have a really good chance. But if he's 60% of what he was, like where are they going to get offense from outside of that? Scale in terms of the West, I know you mentioned there, you know, Denver's got to, to prove it this year, has to prove it to you a little bit. You talked about Michael Porter Jr. And then you also said something there. You said that you're higher on the Warriors than people would kind of think. And, and people obviously watched the second game last night, the Suns beating the Warriors in Golden State. And obviously Draymond Green didn't play in that game for Golden State. That's obviously a big deal. And it was Chris Paul's first game. So you figure things will kind of get better at some point. Uh, with that loss, Golden State's updated win total for this year, Scal, 47 and a half. I'm going to guess you like the over on that, but just kind of explain a little bit more, like how high are you on the Warriors? Are we talking like one seed or beat Denver in the playoffs? Like kind of frame that for us a little bit. Yeah. So it's, I think it's really matchup based, right? Like I, here's the funny thing. Let's just say everyone's healthy. So like follow the bouncing ball. Clippers could beat the Suns if they played in the playoffs. The Suns will definitely beat Denver if they play in the playoffs. But I don't think the Clippers can beat Denver. And, you know, so it's all kind of like you know, musical chairs with all that. So it is going to be matchup-based. But I think the way, that, the way that I look at the whole thing is you have Draymond Green returning. That Steph Curry Draymond Green last year was really good. As bad as the Warriors were, when those two guys were on the floor together, they were good. You separate them out, 
and they've become, I'm not going to say Steph Curry's average or Draymond Green is average, but for an NBA standpoint, it doesn't become like incredibly difficult to guard. So the idea that Chris Paul is going to run a second team, I like their second team. They got energy guys. I didn't like, like, I don't like taking out Steph Curry and Draymond Green and coming in with Jordan Poole. I, I want like hard playing Gary Payton, Jonathan Kaminga, and Chris Paul organizing that team. So I, I really like like the team. I like Dario Saric with that group. So I'm more sold on their second unit. I'm more. I'm really sold on uh, Draymond and Steph playing together, especially in a playoff series. Where I'm not sold. And this is my boy too. So you know I'm really not sold on him. Is where's my guy Clay Thompson? We're three years post surgeries and all that stuff. He should be finding his his footing. He should be back to his old ways. He should be back to when that shot just flies off his hands. It's one of the most beautiful strokes in the NBA. And he's still kind of flinging the ball with his arms. And that's not who Klay Thompson was, which I wonder if that's who Klay Thompson is going to be moving forward. So I, I love the Warriors. And if Klay Thompson can figure this season out, then and shooters most of the time take a while to figure it out, like maybe a month, six weeks or whatever, before they get their footing. But if Klay Thompson can get back to old form, then the Warriors are going to be extremely hard to beat in a seven-game series. It does kind of feel like Clay Thompson, hashtag old. And I say that as someone who is also hashtag old. Our guest is Brian Scalabrini, our former teammate here at Odyssey, but love to see Scalabrini doing great work for our friends at NBC Sports Boston and on Sirius XM NBA Radio on Twitter at Scalabrini. Scal, we don't have a ton of time left and want to get your thoughts on the games tonight. I do want to ask you about Victor Wembenyama, who makes his NBA debut tonight as the Spurs host the Dallas Mavericks. Wemby is a minus favorite right now to be rookie of the year and like one of the top choices to be defensive player of the year. Uh, do you think Wembenyana is going to live up to expectations, win Rookie of the Year? Do you think he's going to play well tonight against the uh, the Dallas Mavericks here? He will uh, exceed expectations if healthy. So that's a big thing. I don't know. Like, being his size and whatever he could do, I don't know how the body works, but it does seem like it's going to be tough to stay healthy. Uh, the block shot thing is interesting. Do they have, a like, a? I think Wembenyama is going to average 1.7 blocks this year. If he, go, if he goes up north of that, I would think he's close to two because I think NBA players are going to have a hard time adjusting. Um, I'm going to pick Chet Holmgren as the rookie of the year just because uh, I think that they're going to win more games, and I don't know how good the San Antonio Spurs are going to be. Wow, and Chet Holmgren, a plus price right now to win Rookie of the Year, and our show sponsor, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Scal, we'll, we'll open it up to like every game tonight in just a second here, but give us 30 seconds if you'd be so kind. Celtics a three-and-a-half point favorite in my New York Knicks tonight. Total 223-and-a-half. I think Boston's going to cover tonight, or is it my Knicks? No, it's not your Knicks. It's, it's the Celtics, and it's just bet the Celtics over. Don't touch the Knicks on the total. Just pick their over, whatever that number is, which I think it would be... I don't know, 108, 109, 110? Oh, I'm trying to see if I could find this right now. All right, it, but while, while I look for that here, Celtics team total over a Scal's thought in that game. Scal, what else do you like tonight in the NBA? Any other thoughts on it? i got a loaded slate tonight in the association. Uh, take the over in the Dallas Spurs game because none of those teams play any type of defense, even though Dallas is trying to be a defensive team today. And, um that's all I got for you right now. The only two that really stood out to me as far as, like, I know my Celtics are going to win today. I would take the over, and they're, and they're going to cover. How are you uh, How you liking New York City? Uh, it's been great, man. It's, 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 it's uh, warm. So, you know, the city is always great when that's the case. But uh, 
Um, I had to walk around all day today. I did a little uh, a panel discussion about, you know, everyone's super hyped about the season starting. So I'm pumped up as well. Got to love our guy, Brian Scalabrini. You can watch him on NBC Sports Boston and click on over if you're listening on Sirius uh, or XM right now to NBA Radio. The program director is one of my good friends. We went to college together, Sean Butler, and Scal does a great job along with a host of other talented um, people on that channel. My guy, Justin Termini, the afternoon host, absolutely loves Sirius XM NBA Radio. Scal, we appreciate you, my man. And uh, we're just so you know, like we're definitely going to like text you to come back on at some point in the near future. So we look forward to talking to you again. Enjoy New York City. Go Knicks. And we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Welcome back, buddy. That's he's a, probably if like, it's who hangs up, who hangs up early the most. He's he's like a Hall of Famer. He's like the all timer. He's but he's like the thing about that is you would like kind of like pair that together with maybe this isn't a nice person. He's like the no. nicest guy on the planet, which is he's really just great. he's just out. Just like, I'm He's, good. And, and and to be fair... I'll talk to you guys later. We'll probably yeah. do the same thing. Our pal Will Brinson joins us to start hour number three coming up right after this here on a Wednesday. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network.